Welcome to the Pod of Asclepius, your fortnightly healthcare technology podcast for the technical crowd. Sponsored by the American Statistical Association, we're bringing the technical experts of engineering, entrepreneurship, data science and regulation straight to your earbuds. No fluff, no sale pitches, just important technical ideas described well to keep you up to date. All in the time it takes to get to work. And here's your host, Glenn Wright Colopy. Hey folks and welcome back to the show. I'm really excited because today's guest really epitomizes what I was hoping to do with the podcast from the beginning. I saw him at a conference, the AI at Oxford Conference, which was held this past September at Oxford University, and I just really loved his presentation. He gave this great high-level introduction to what his company, Berg Health, was doing and his reasons for taking that approach. So he showed off this really cool data platform that's visually intuitive, and he's just a great presenter who I'd love to see at more conferences, and I think you guys will like him too. His name is Niven Narain. He's the CEO and founder of Berg Health. He's also been kind enough to provide us with some great visual material for this episode as well. So for those listening to just the audio, don't forget to hop onto the YouTube video for this episode to see the cool visuals courtesy of Berg Health. Niven, why don't you tell us a bit about your background and your company? What were your early goals and what are the goals for Berg Health now? Great to be here today. I'm Niven Narain. I'm the president and CEO of Berg Health. We're a Boston-based company that focuses on the fusion of, uh, of patient-driven biology and artificial intelligence to drive drug discovery. The company's been around for approximately 10 years. We were one of the, the first groups to really engage these, you know, this type of technology in medicine um, to drive a different paradigm. And early on, the core focus areas were uh, in cancer, metabolic diseases, specifically diabetes and heart disease in addition to uh, the CNS disease area. And our focus most recently in uh, the CNS area has been uh, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. So really the focus has been to use this platform to drive novel insights into how do we allow the disparate data sets that's more representative of the patient's story to give rise to more precise hypotheses that can then be iterated back into the wet lab and, and tested so that we are able to drive more precision and reproducibility in high-quality targets. And then the resulting network biological models that's based on these patient populations that is used as a foundation to drive biomarker development for complementary diagnostics or companion diagnostics, but also in the diseases that are yet to be demystified like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. So, I mean, that's a pretty tall order or a broad order. There's a lot of breadth to what you're working on. What did you try to tackle first? Uh, How did you decide which clinical area to prioritize for an initial project? One of the early focus areas is looking for biomarkers that is tied to progression for biomarkers where patients are not responding to certain therapies. And of course, the diagnosis markers. But it's safe to say the approach and the philosophy of the company has been to bring together the best groups, the best minds in the world to crowdsource the knowledge topology at the very front end of, of drug development. So we've been very fortunate to work with the you know, some of the best institutions in the world, uh, like, you know, Harvard Medical School and Stanford and others in the U.S., you know, like Oxford here in the U.K. Um, in addition, uh, you know, government agencies and outlets like the U.S. Department of Defense, Genomics England, the NIH, and uh, some of our partners in pharma like AstraZeneca and Sanofi. So what do you gain by bringing these groups together? The goal there is really to be able to promulgate and advance these technologies on our platform, which is the interrogative biology platform, so that we're positioning, you know, really three product capsules. One is to drive the development and validation of biomarkers. 
Two is to create a novel, an approach to de novo, high quality and novel target biology, in addition to the repositioning of existing assets. And three is using the data itself, the model itself, to understand patient populations much more effectively. So looking at the platform versus the data offering, are they both intended for internal and external use? Just to be clear on you know what is being offered to whom, is the platform intended to be both inward-facing to Berg and outward-facing to your customers, um, whereas the data is kept internally? And I guess while I'm at it, I love the presentation you gave for your platform. What are the biggest challenges for creating that high-quality platform for your customers? So we use the, the interrogative biology platform for our own development. So yeah. we've developed our own pipeline of products. We have uh, three assets that are nearing phase two, three registrational designs in, in, in pancreatic cancer, chemo-induced alopecia, and epidermolysis bullosa in addition to some early and mid-stage trials on cancer. And then, of course, a really robust pipeline behind that um, in, in multiple targets. So we're really a hybrid company that employs the use of these technologies like you know, patient omics and artificial intelligence and you know, certain functional tools like CRISPR, et cetera, to really drive more rapidity and more precision in the process. Um, the partnerships that we form are really to either on the very front end and the early side of drug development to bring together different thought processes and people and, you know, the starting point of our development, which is tissue samples and clinically annotated data sets. But all of the work and the development of the data is self-generated, so we don't use or we don't interject public data sources into building the models. And then at the back end, it's really to be able to work with folks to help commercialize the medicines and the diagnostics faster so that we really remain focused on what we're good at, which is driving the development of these disease models, you know, validating these biomarkers and these early drug targets and getting them into clinical proof of principle. So that's really our focus is from discovery to early clinical proof of principle. And where do they go after that? So as we're getting into that stage now, a business model is to partner out, you know, for example, the late stage assets with other companies that's, so that sales and marketing, commercialization, uh, you know, post-market access, et cetera, can be all dealt with, you know, with those partners mm-hmm. so that then we remain focusing on fueling the pipeline. So do you think that given the innovative way in which you're doing this, that once you have a partner and you're ready to pass the baby along, so to speak, are companies just looking to buy your end result, or are they wanting to buy the entire pipeline that led to the result? Uh, and they incorporate everything that went into that result into their own internal process. You know, do they just want the hamburger, or do they want the cow, the grill, the patty maker, etc.? Because, as you know, there are plenty of times that pharmaceutical companies, for example, as you know, just want the output. A pharmaceutical company might directly purchase a novel cancer therapy from a small biotech, and the big pharma will bring that therapy in-house but they never get their hands on the small biotech's technology to develop the therapy themselves. So what are the parts that they are buying and what are the parts that stay within Berg Health? So, you know, like I said, a lot of the work on the front end is done at Berg and with the partners. So we produce the assets. So the assets would be then, you know, further developed and prosecuted commercially mm-hmm. by that company. But the actual technological know-how and the technological hardcore operations to drive the further pipeline, that still remains at Berg. From a business perspective, uh, how we see any alignment or how the technology can be embedded endemically or organically within a greater institution. I think, you know, that'll all work itself out. But our core concentration has been getting the asset to late-stage clinical development. 
Great, thanks. A lot of entrepreneurs when they're young and they haven't figured out, you know, which hat to wear, so to say. They struggle because originally they have to wear all the hats in the startup system, and then they have to start delegating, given the advanced stage of your company and your experience. Um, I'm curious, and I'm sure probably a lot of entrepreneurial people are curious to know, like, what specifically in the company are you as a CEO working on compared to, for example, like a chief technology officer and a chief science officer? Yeah, so I think, you know, good entrepreneurship is based on remaining really honest to yourself, remaining really honest to those who you're partnered with, and most importantly, remaining honest to the reasons of the mission at hand. And when we started this, the goal was to be able to serve patients more effectively by understanding them so that we understand what the difference is in these really hard to, uh, to navigate diseases, you know, like Parkinson's, etc. But remembering why you do it every day. You know, I think that in innovation, there needs to be an embracement of the complexity and all the isms that go along with innovation, which is that it is unstructured. But in this unstructured output, in this unstructured business, needs to be a very structured, operational, disciplined endpoint. So the, the output of the innovation is, is driven into productization at the end of the day. And early on, yes, you do wear, you do wear many hats. And you also grow as a leader and you evolve and you make mistakes. And in being honest and recognizing those mistakes, you learn from those around you. And you bring in great people who you can learn from on every component of the business, whether it's the operational discipline, the clinical operations, R&D operations, commercial, you know, manufacturing, and so on and so forth. All the various core components that are necessary to drive, um, at the end of the day, what is a great translational endpoint to bringing forth the product. Because if you're not, then... You know, I, I don't believe that's really innovation. So I would say it's just being able to know what you're good at, being able to accept the criticism of what you're not good at, and being able to welcome those who are much better than you in those areas and work with them collaboratively. And I think that doesn't only go for entrepreneurship. It, the same, I think, applies to life. Just general personal development. Yeah. 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 So... Is there a particular area that you identified yourself as being particularly good at, for example, a particular technical aspect? And are there other areas that you delegate to other people early on? You know, the CEO's role primarily is to drive a vision yeah. and, and ensure that the right team is staffed commensurate with the endpoints and the necessary talent to take forward mm -hmm. a certain mission. And I feel that, obviously, I love the innovative side and the scientific side, but I also love, you know, team building. And uh, I think that's one of the most crucial components of a company's DNA and eventual success. I think that technology is really important, but I think people as a whole is even more important in culture and the organization's culture. And that's always a living dynamic. But I think we as leaders have to pivot to certain things in society, certain things culturally, certain components and sensitivities in a manner consistent with being adaptable. Adaptability is a key attribute that needs to be welcomed by everyone. But I think that um, I love doing the innovation side. I love forming the partnerships and getting out there and being able to communicate the science, communicate the, the output of, of the medicine. So it's very easy to get segmented into things that you may have to do or you love. But I think the core focus of the CEO is to make sure that there's a clear vision. There's a defined mission with the team that can actually execute against that mission. And that everybody has a constant checkpoint to ensure that we remain on a progressive path. So I know that's more of a generalized answer, but the way the platform works, it's fully integrated. So 
you're bringing together, you know, omic scientists and biologists and mathematicians and physicians and chemists. So I think that we all get to be immersively involved in the entire process. But the end point and the focus at the end, really, where what you're accountable for, I think is, is pretty clearly defined by one's role. So, Niven, could you maybe give the audience a more in-depth example of a role within your company where you've done what you just said? You found the best and most talented person for the job and then delegated management responsibilities to that person. You know, a chief scientific officer or chief technology officer. What are they working on on a day-to-day basis? What kind of responsibilities do they have within the company? And what kinds of problems are they focusing on and trying to solve? Yeah, I think I'd probably pick the chief precision medicine officer. His name is Dr. Michael Kibish. And Mike is really regarded as one of the top omics scientists in the world. But omics has been an evolving discipline. And it's one that just because you can measure it or just because you can, you can read out the data, it doesn't mean that all that data is necessarily valuable. And I think being able to decipher how certain data sets from genes and proteins, metabolites or lipids or certain components or biological features give rise to a benefit and a greater understanding to a given disease area, I think that is a challenge. Because in some disease areas, activity-based proteomics or metabolomics may be more informative more predictive than other parts of the biology. And being able to figure that out very early on and iterate that effectively is important, but it's it's in large part, you have to build a model, you have to test it out, you have to validate it, and you have to make the mistakes before you figure that out. It is, it is truly iterative, and I think that Mike has built a dynamic team with those various data slices so that at the end, it is a data-driven process. It's not dependent on any one person or one team the multi-omic data that's parsed into the system, whether it be for a new drug target or finding a specific population that's, that's more responsive or looking at a population health analysis in a certain healthcare system and against outcomes, that becomes pretty streamlined. But even through those challenges, we, you know, we've been able to learn a lot and be able to pivot appropriately and as necessary so that the best outcomes can be had. You know, that's really cool. Berg Health seems to have such an integrated interdisciplinary product, as you've described. It would be great to have your CTO or your chief precision science officer come on sometime and talk about how they keep everything aligned moving forward and how they keep the wheel spinning, so to say, on more technical issues. I think our audience would really enjoy that. But for now, it's been great having me in a few minutes to chat with you, and I really appreciate you coming on. So thanks again, Ivan. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of the Pod of Asclepius. We hope you enjoyed it and will tune in for our next episode. If you're watching from YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and leave a like. You can also follow us on our other social media channels, including LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. Have a great story or presentation that's ready for prime time? Or know someone who does? Drop Glenn an email because he'd be happy to hear from you. We would like to thank our sponsors from the American Statistical Association section on Statistical Learning and Data Science, section on Medical Devices and Diagnostics, and North Carolina Chapter. The views expressed on the show are those of the speaker and not their employers, our sponsors, or anyone else not saying the word.